Hello, and welcome to Somewhat Damaged. Don't worry, you're in the right place. I'm still your host, Greg Alperin, and while the name may have changed, the unhinged and unfiltered comedy stays the same. Sit back, relax, and listen to the hot and fresh new episode. Buckle up. I mean, you're a pro, Dusty. Well, I mean, I do do a lot of shows, right? So it's like, uh, but it is, there is something different about doing clubs in New York City that, you know, I've always wanted to do. Right. And then like, in some ways, the first time I did the Tonight Show, doing those other clubs made me more nervous than doing the Tonight Show. <laughs> you know, because as a comic, I'm always so worried about judgment from other comics and, and even people that work at a comedy club more so than the audience. Right. Like if I'm doing six shows in a weekend at a club, I think how many servers are in the audience going, oh, these jokes again. <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, I always hear that, that you that you play to, um, you know, a lot of comics, uh, sometimes they, they say that they want to make sure if they're the biggest, the two biggest uh, compliments a comic can get is one, if you can make a black couple laugh. That's a yeah. big one. <laughs> yeah. Number two is if you can make the staff laugh as well. Uh, right. Usually that's a big kick right there. But I mean, yeah, it, uh, it, it's it's funny that uh, just in general that New York City has that kind of atmosphere and that that awe. I mean, I still look around and I'm I'm so amazed that you know you have the opportunity to stand. I guess it's the Shamrock. That's what Fallon has. That's his centerpiece. I, I guess. Uh, one is is a shamrock on the floor. Is that correct? You know, I sh I should remember that, but I know there's a spot that you stand. To be honest with you, the first time I did it, I'm pretty sure that uh, you know, ten minutes before the show, Michael Cox thought I was going to fail. I'm not saying he didn't have confidence in me, but I think I was visibly nervous to a right. point where he was like, "It's okay, dude." You know, but I just was like, "Well, the." Everyone I've ever known is about to see me do comedy. And if this doesn't do go well, I mean, I can handle a bad show. But the Tonight Show, if it goes bad, I'm just going to quit comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, can I, let, me, let me jump in here for a second because that's one of the things I wanted to ask you. right? And by the way, since we just went right into this, this is, we're talking to Dusty Slay here. Everyone who, <laughs> who may not have picked that up yet. So we're, we're, we're talking to Dusty and... Dustin, you have a show tonight at the Grand Old Opry? I do, yeah. It's Actually, I'm doing the Grand Old Opry twice this week. I'm doing it right. tonight and then on Friday again. So that, so that, that's really, I'd love to know, you know, what, what makes you more nervous doing like the Tonight Show or, you know, or one of the late night shows or getting on stage at the Grand Old Opry, which obviously to you must mean something, obviously, you know, much deeper than, you know, someone like John or I, right? And just, you know, from being in, you know, live, you know, as your second home in Nashville and obviously being from Alabama, like what makes you more nervous? Well, at this point, I mean, I think t tonight will probably be my 13th time doing the Opry. Um, so I'm less nervous about it now, but the first time doing the Opry and the first time doing the Tonight Show, uh, it was very much the same feeling. Yeah. Uh, and it was the same feeling afterwards when it went well. I mean, it was just like, it's a buzz that that you really don't get from many other things. Right. You know, it's just a, a body buzz that you feel and it's not like drugs where there could be some paranoia. You sure. know what I mean? You just feel good. You're like, this is awesome. 
Is there anything else? Yeah, to that of somebody that's like getting married for the first time is getting that feeling of those butterflies in your stomach that, you know, you're there to like do something important. I mean, there's got to be this kind of culmination in, in yourself and that, that you, when you walk onto that stage of the Grand Ole Opry, like, wow, this is, this is proof that what I am doing is working. Yeah, you know, and added to that, I mean, my my first time at the Opry, my dad came, right? And, um, you know, probably three or four years before this, my dad came to see me in Columbus, Georgia. I was opening for another comic and he brought his cousin, his cousin's wife, people from their church. And I just bombed so bad. I mean, it was embarrassing how bad I bought. And I wasn't bombing like that, but that <laughs> night something was in the air and it was just so bad. And I think my dad, I mean, I, he would never say it, but I think he was like, maybe you need to quit comedy. <laughs> so for fast forward for him to get to come and see me at the Opry and, and do well, uh, really felt like a redemption, you right. know? And so it just, just doing the Opry is big already, but also it's like, so you're right. It, it shows that what I'm doing is working, but also I get to show it to my family at the same time. Right. So what, what are the rules of doing comedy at, at the Opry? Like we just had on your buddy Aaron um, last week and we oh, know yeah. he's, he's done it obviously a bunch and you guys together and stuff. So, but I, we've, I didn't ask him what the rules are. So I'm curious, like what are the rules of doing comedy at the Grand Old Opry? Well, you know, they really never gave me any rules, right? So I did, the first time I went, I did kind of a weed joke. Right. And I remember some other people, and it went over really great. And I remember some people uh, saying to me, oh, I can't believe you did a weed joke at the Opry. And I was like, I really didn't even think about it. Yeah. Um, and one guy who does music and, uh, you know, a little comedy he told me he said almost anything on there. He's, you know, it's like, you know, you don't want to drop F-bombs. Sure. But I don't know. I just feel like for me, it's like, it's an older audience. So I just do the kind of comedy that I would do if I walked out and just saw an old crowd. Right. Like, I, like you know, I'm pretty clean anyway, yeah. but there's just tags that I would leave off. Right. Uh, if it's an old, I'm like, there's no need to get into that with this <laughs> crowd, you know? It must be a hell of an interesting room, you know, to, to work there, you know? Yeah. I mean, now, it, you know, now it's a little different with COVID restrictions sure. and stuff because it's about a uh, 25% capacity, which is right. still 1100 people, but it seats 4,400 and right. I've done it when it's sold out. And when you, I had this, I have this joke about selling pesticides and it right. works about half the time. And I had thought about not doing it anymore. And I did it one night there and they got an applause break and 4,400 people applause breaking is awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> I keep doing that joke, even though it still only works about half the time. Listen, if you got half of the 4,400, 2,200 people still is pretty good. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'll, I'll take it any day of the week. But I'm still doing it, and I'm I'm hoping for that applause break. And I'm like, yeah. I don't know if that'll ever happen again. Okay, but. so Grand Old Opry is there? Is there? A, you've done the Tonight Shows, Tonight Show. Uh, you've done other uh, late nights. What's like? What's the next goal? Like, what's the next stage you want to hit? Well, I don't really know. I don't know that I've ever, you know, really thought about that stuff. I mean, just growing up a country music fan, the Opry has an appeal. And I went to the Opry as a kid. And I've also done the Ryman now with sure. the Opry. 
Um, so that, you know, so that I did, I got a joke where I say I look like Forrest Gump after he ran for a long time. <laughs> and I did that joke one night while Rita Wilson uh, and Tom Hanks were at the Ryman. Wow. So, and the security guard told me later, cause I thought Tom Hanks left, but he told me later that Tom was in the balcony laughing at the joke. So yeah. I feel good about that. So when, um, when did you, you know, cause I have follow you on Instagram and, and you post a lot of amazing content there, but one of the things that I really, you know, it, it sort of struck me was, I forgot how long goes, maybe sometime in the last six or so months, you posted a picture of, I think the last time you were like on in a photo, like when you were, when you used to drink, right. And you've been sober now a long time. And that yeah. photo of you looks nothing like you. Right. Oh yeah. So it's unbelievable. It really is unbelievable. I sat and stared at that photo for like five minutes. I'm like, let me find the facial features that align here. And it like, it was like one of those puzzles you used to look at, like that you would get dizzy looking at. Yeah. So like, when did you start like growing out your hair? Like how long has that been? And well, that, it earlier and you just transitioned out of it and then you grew it all back. It's almost like the same transition of Billy Bob Thornton in Sling Blade. It's like, right. I know it's Billy Bob Thornton, but I can't see it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But, you know, well, when I was younger, I grew my hair out long right. and I was living in a trailer and I was, you know, really living that life. And then I moved sure. to Charleston and I started selling pesticides, but I was, you know, I was a district manager so, you know, I was wearing khakis and tucking in my shirt. And <laughs> so I had this kind of the Alabama swoosh and I was trying to be clean cut and just look, but I was drinking so much that I just kept gaining weight and I don't have much of a jawline. Right. So I was gaining weight. I was drinking, I was smoking, you know, and I was eating Charleston, South Carolina has the best food. So I'm just eating fried chicken and fried <laughs> seafood. And, and I didn't even... I don't know. I, I guess it, at that time, I just thought, well, this is how I look like. Okay. This is who I am. Sure. And then when I quit drinking, I quit drinking and I sold my car because of my car. I'd wrecked a bunch of times and my car insurance was so expensive that I couldn't quit the job and keep the car. Right. But I wanted to quit the job. <laughs> so I sold my car and bought a bike and I rode a bike for two years and I lost 40 pounds in two months. Wow. And then, you know, but then I was still clean shaven and I had slick back hair. My, right. my, my friend says it's my Rachel Maddow look. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, I spent a month in New York City, you know, with that look going on. And I felt very hipsterish. I was staying in Williamsburg. I thought I'm living that. Even though I'm not that guy, I thought I'm right. living this. And then... After that, I just started working the road. I, I grew a beard and I just started letting my hair grow. And uh, it just became this look that I have now. Right. It's it's a lot like the look that I used to have as, as a younger guy. But right. my look now was never something that I was like, I'm going to create a look. look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I started working the road and I was bombing a little bit at some of these more, you know, uh, real rural uh, sure. areas. Cause like, even though I am authentically Southern, grew up in Alabama, lived in South Carolina, now in Tennessee, some of these real small towns, they're not into my jokes. They sure. want me to, you know, do something physical or sexual. And if it's not that they're not that into it. Right. So I like, I don't know the hat when I wore the hat the first time I felt like, okay, I'm connecting. Yeah, now yeah. I'm connect. Now they're like, oh yeah, we know this guy. Right. How many hats do you have? Oh, at this point, I have so many. Somebody just sent me this Buick hat here, which I which I love. Uh, but I I like the white hat, and it's got to be like a tall, older hat. 
just any old trucker hat doesn't, it doesn't, I always say this, it's arguable if this looks good on me or not, but a low hat, like a cool hat that most people would look good in looks terrible on me. Right. You know what, you know what hat actually that looks like? And I, I, I just bought one from one of my kids. It's like that Caddyshack old school golf hat. Oh yeah. With like the, the ribbon, not the ribbon, but like that, that little rope. Yeah. The yeah. little rope. That's exactly yeah. the hat. Like those, those hats are totally like the hippest hats. Like they're so cool, but you have to have the right head. Oh yeah. Yeah. Get see, cool. that's right. That this is the only hat that looks good on me. Cool right. hats that everybody else can wear. I look yeah, the fitted and everything like that. Yeah. I mean like a flat brim cap and, and, and I look, I'm, I wear that and I'm like, who am I trying to be? Yeah, right. I mean, I you got know? a question. Dusty, have you and Judah Friedlander ever been on the same show with each other? <laughs> no, I wish that we could. I'd love to take the picture because so many times people go, that's like a, people go, oh, that's a poor man's Judah Friedlander. Or they go, they go, that's the homeless version of Judah Friedlander. And I always go, I'm, I don't know him and I got no disrespect, but I'm like, I'm the homeless version of the two of us. <laughs> There's been a couple of times that, because you didn't take the subway. And so like, and he carries like a bunch of shit with him because he's like filming and stuff like that. Yeah. And so not going to lie, he looks pretty homeless. Like yeah. he's carrying <laughs> stuff up on 72nd Street. <laughs> I would not pick Dusty as the homeless guy in that no, picture. No, right. I would say hipster that makes coffee is a barista, you know, somewhere in yeah. Williamsburg. Yeah, absolutely. Now, what? once in Austin, Texas, though, I did have a little girl ask me, Did I, I was sitting on a park bench, and she came up and asked, did I want a sandwich? So... <laughs> Did you answer? Did you, how'd you answer? Well, I said no, but I, I've made it a joke now. And in the joke, I say I took it, but um, I should have took it because uh, the only thing more embarrassing than getting to, than thinking, than someone thinking you're a homeless person is maybe that person who thought you are homeless, right? Imagine like, you know, like I'm going to be a good person today and I'm going to offer homeless people food. And then you start offering people that aren't homeless food. I, I think I'll top that though with what actually is worse than that. I was in San Francisco, right? And if you've been to San Francisco anytime in the last, I don't know, dozen or so years, if not more, like their homeless population is insane, right? It, yeah. It's really sad. And I'm walking down the street with, I think my girlfriend at the time, my, now my wife, and we're in that like Union Square section where the trolleys come in, right? So it's kind of crowded and I'm walking and I feel a tap and a woman goes to me, hey, lady, <laughs> hold my leash, <laughs> right? So like this gets worse. So I turn around and on the leash was a cat. Wow. And the lady was homeless, and I'm wow. not a lady. So a lady asked me, called me a lady, to hold the leash of her cat while she begged for money on the trail. Wow. And I, I get that like once a week from my house. Like, hey, lady, hold my leash. Here's the thing, though. Uh, the thing about, like, and, and I'm not, we're not dissing homeless people, mm -mm. but a lot of homeless people, like, you don't know. Like, there's sure. some good looking homeless people. Oh, out yeah. There. You go Wait. and hang out in Venice, like your puppy. I was like, "Wow, you yeah, are." It, it's lit. we know one. We know one. We never would have guessed that that girl was ever homeless ever. 
Ah, it's true. It's true. In Venice, one time I had rented a Kia Soul. I was I was doing a bunch of shows in the area. I rented a Kia Soul, and I I found this one street on Venice where no one was parked, and I thought, well, this is great parking. And I got <laughs> out, and I was trying to pay the meter, and I heard a homeless guy yelling. And I've heard homeless people yell before, sure. but then they got real specific. He was like, "I wish I drove a Kia Soul," <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Okay." No and one's ever yelled that. Nobody. But I did have a, in San Francisco, I had a homeless guy go here, eat this. And I don't know. I was like, if homeless people are offering me food, I look rough. Here, <laughs> <laughs> eat this. That's funny. So to, to that, like on, on your podcast, right? Your last episode, it's very funny because me and John do this, this little fun segment on our, on our, on our shows. Your, I, I think the, the description said something about, this week, Dusty talks about where he's been and the food he's eaten. Yeah. Right? So we do this thing for fun where we ask everybody, well, John, do you want to do it since it's your little... It's yeah, your I thing. mean, listen, Dusty, I mean, we're, uh, I mean, as you can say, I'm a very healthy person. So um, <laughs> I enjoy my food. And Greg, obviously, uh, I love hanging out with Greg because we always, we always, we always, you know, we always talk about good food. Um, and we always ask our guests, what was the best thing you ate this week? Well, this week I was in uh, Michigan. I was doing some a bunch of gigs around Michigan, and I went to a place. Um, I don't even. I, I think it was called Crazy Horse Steakhouse in uh, um, oh, what is the Holland, Michigan, and it was really great. But last week I was in Omaha, Nebraska, and that's where they say the Reuben was invented. Really? And so I had, I know it was blowing my mind too. That and 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 they said, uh, and I had a Reuben in Omaha, and it was unbelievable. Was it a pastrami Reuben or is it a corned beef Reuben? It was, was it corned corn? beef. Mm. Now, I mean, I love. I mean, I are you guys in New York? Yeah. Is that yeah. Where you're at? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, the first time I ever had pastrami was at Cat's Deli. You know, I was sure. a tourist and I was going and I ordered uh, brisket and I was so afraid. I mean, I had never been to New York City. I was afraid of everything because, you know, people were louder and it moved faster. And I'm like, you know, I'm just a polite Southern dude. And I'm just trying to be like, I'm just trying to do the right things here. I don't. And the guy was I ordered brisket and the guy was like, oh, you got to try the pastrami. And I had never eaten pastrami. And I. I was like, this is the greatest meat I've ever had in my life. Wow. It's good because they slice it in front of you and they give you a little piece to try. Yeah, like, it's oh. so good. <laughs> I mean, I paid like $20 for a sandwich, which was, I was like, well, I'm broke now. I don't know how I'll eat the rest of this trip. But, well, but at least that, you got that cat sandwich. You probably had it for three days. Those yeah, and, and the pickles. Oh, man. But, you know, I, I didn't, uh, but yeah, that I had a steak in, uh, in the Crazy Horse in, uh, in Holland, Michigan this week. And I thought that was, I thought that was pretty awesome. You have a certain cut of meat that you go for, uh, like a New York strip. Or Especially you, uh, in, in, in the play guy. Oh my God. Well, I really like a ribeye. I mean, that's, that's my favorite. I mean, they're oftentimes the priciest and I, I don't know. I'm never the guy that goes for the cheapest, but I also don't always spring for the most expensive, you know? Sure. Like if I go somewhere, even like any kind of shopping, if I'm looking for a broom and there's three prices, I get the one that's the middle price, right? Really? I don't need the best, ah, but I don't want the I'm worst. Not I'm not <laughs> yeah. How, how do you, how do you, how do you have your, how do you take your steak? Like what, 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 what uh, temperature? 
Well, I used to like a medium rare to rare. I used to go very, but now I'm a little sketched out. I've had some stags and then I got kind of sick before. And I don't know if it was this day. If you get food poisoning, you never know what meal it was you had that day. Oh, sure. Totally. But I think, I'm like, like, I think in my, I'm, I'm in my, th my, my late thirties now. I remember right around like 30, 32. I was eating at Ruth's Chris because I was working for, for a corporate gig. So I was eating there once a week. And I remember doing medium rare. I was doing even like Pittsburgh blue. Like where they just sear it on the outside. And the oh outside. yeah, I uh, I'm, I'm up to a medium medium well now. Like I don't yeah. think I can, I don't think if you put in front of me a ribeye medium or a ribeye rare, couldn't do it. Even like a prime rib, like I need like a little gray around it. I know this is a lot of our listeners are like go fuck yourself, John. But no, <laughs> well, people like get so mad about it. But I'm like, yeah, I just if I raise the cow myself, that's a little different. Yeah. You know, like the movie um, Gangs of New York, you know, there's that scene where the butcher is like cutting up that meat and then he yeah. throws it on the grill right in front. That looks delicious. Yeah, <laughs> it really does. There's the only <laughs> places like Argentina, I think, are those places that you can probably do that stuff anymore. I mean, that Tarasco style, but like I mean, there used to be a good place where uh, you could just, it, it was like the, the, the front was a butcher counter and you chose your meat and then like uh, you, they would cut it right there for you. They toss it right on the grill. And I mean, I just thought that was, uh, I've never been to a place like that, but I've always that's, that's how to, that's how to but eat. You know, if, if you order medium in like a steakhouse, right? Like a true steakhouse, like I'm sure where you went in Nebraska, they're, they're going to serve it to you more on the medium rare side, right? It's going to, it's going to be more. Yeah more rare than it is well done. So that's how I always order. I'll always order medium in a steakhouse because I know it's going to be more on the rare side and I prefer it there. But I know if I order rare, medium rare, you're going to get basically a bloody piece of meat on your plate. And I don't necessarily want that. But I also don't want, you know, brown flavorless <laughs> Very expensive. Right, right. And I don't want I don't want leather that I'm chewing yeah. on. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I went to eat with a guy and the guy was like, um, he goes, oh, yeah, I want a little blood running around. He ordered, he, I ordered it medium rare. He ordered it medium rare. And he was like, I want a little blood around the plate. And I was like, oh, well, maybe I ordered wrong. That's not what <laughs> I want. <laughs> I don't want DNA. I just. <laughs> I went with a guy. Side? What's that? You have a go-to side that you go for at a steakhouse? Well, I, you know, I mean, I feel like that, uh, I don't know, the older I get, the less exciting all my food choices are. But I learned about food combinations recently and that you shouldn't do meat and a starch because the starch soaks up the stomach acid sure. and then you can't break down the meat. I mean, I love potatoes. I love garlic mashed potatoes. Yeah. But now, I mean, I used to make red potatoes, put them in a pot, boil them, then smash them up with a fork, throw some garlic, some garlic salt in there. Really great. A lot of butter. But now I'm like, I'll take the vegetables, you know. <laughs> What's your dessert? Like, what would you go to for dessert? Well, it depends on where I'm at. But I mean, in the South, they find a good spot like um, the best restaurant, Hattie B's. We have a fried uh, hot chicken place yeah. and they have a banana pudding. Right. Uh, which is so good. I mean, yeah. now whenever the Thanksgiving that we have, and I'm from Alabama and our, our Thanksgiving, I mean, it's a real feast and we have uh, banana pudding is the, the, the thing dish that always goes the fastest. Yeah. But I also love apple pie and ice cream. I mean, you've been to my maestros, the steakhouse, uh, right? Maestros. That's the right. That's, isn't that the one, John, the chain? Where I don't think so. 
It's all over. I, mean, I don't think I've there, been there. There's one in New York City. They're all over. There's a whole bunch of them. I've never they, been to. They're he's their their best thing on their menu is their butter cake. It's a great steak, oh. but have you ever had a butter cake? I don't think so. Oh my god, it sounds. It is what it sounds like. <laughs> It's so good, and if you go there, I it it's Meisters M A E S T R O S. Um, it's like what they're famous for. Like it's so good. So if you see one in your travels, pop in and just go to the bar and have that. It's a dessert guy. Oh man, John, okay. we got to go. In no, this. we're also talking about we're on the road here. I mean, listen, uh, Dusty, you're on the road. You're you know you've got a, probably a per diem of twenty five thirty dollars. <laughs> That you're working with, you're eating your guarantee. But is there like a is there a special area in the United States that you're like, doesn't matter what amount of money you have in your pocket, like you'll always find like good food. Well, I mean, uh, you know, Charleston, South Carolina, it to me is like the best food place. Uh, really? I mean, they have seafood, they have the Southern cuisine. They have, I mean. I lived there for 10 years and I mean, I gained like 40 pounds wow. right away. I mean, because in Alabama, you know, unless you're on in like Mobile area, seafood is not, uh, it's not just so abundant, but now I'm living on the coast. I didn't even know what a scallop was. And now I'm eating shrimp and scallops and oysters and crab cakes. And I'm like, this whole world had opened up to me that I had never seen before. And I'm working at a seafood restaurant and oh, so, shit. you know, I'm eating off plates before and after the customers are done. <laughs> that would be my hardest part about working in a restaurant is like seeing, especially a very good restaurant, is seeing all that like unbelievable food come out and not pick off people's plates. Like, oh, that shrimp is a little bit off center. I'm going to take that one for me. You're like two for them, one for me. Like, I don't know. I don't, I would last. You get so busy as somebody that's former restaurant worker, like, and, and has been on the line and has been management. One, you get disgusted by the people that work uh, that that are coming into the restaurant. That you're just yeah. like, you have no idea what, what what's happening to them. The other thing is, you just get so busy, and usually the cocaine doesn't make you hungry. So, <laughs> <laughs> right, right, yeah, that or the Adderall, depending on what's going on. Yeah. I was working at a restaurant with a lot of college students, so it was Adderall there. Yeah. Oh, Adderall was the thing over there. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, get it from their their doctor, and it's the same thing. Yeah, but I. No, but I used to eat off people's plates after they were done with it. And I, everybody thought that was disgusting at first. And then I started a real trend. People no. would be like, they'd bring a plate back and they're like, I got some crab cakes. <laughs> and we're all like vultures around it, picking it. I mean, it's. I mean, the funny thing is that the, the, the restaurant, you know, working in a restaurant essentially is going to be, um, Give me a sec. The, working in a restaurant, it's like you're doing, uh, it's like it's incestual, first of all, because every single server is hooking up with some line employee or the server's hooking them. Everyone's doing like drugs to like lay, you're burning the candle at both ends. And I mean, your immune systems are so low already. I can only imagine, could you imagine 2020 servers at Applebee's fucking eating off like, Applebee's? Yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> what, yeah. the Jack Daniel's steak at Applebee's? What, are you crazy? <laughs> I mean, I've made out in a walk-in cooler a couple of times, you know? <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dusty, what are some of your favorite cities like to tour, tour in? Um, you know, I mean, I go to so many places, but um, uh, uh, Atlanta is a fun time. I go there quite a bit. Uh, I actually like Salt Lake City, Utah. Now, I only went there 
one time before COVID. And then I've been there a couple of times after COVID and it's not the same. Yeah. Um, I like places that I can walk around in. I've only been to Madison, Wisconsin one time. I thought that was really fun. I always feel like whenever I'm asked this question, I always blank on everything right. that's fun and cool. But yeah, uh, no, it's it's interesting that you didn't mention one of the big cities like about you know Madison and Salt Lake. Like you typically don't hear that, but that's really cool. Well, I don't get like it's like you know I I work clubs, so it's like you know it's really fun to go to New York City, but I. I don't get booked in New York city and then get paid a weekend. Like if right, I come sure. to New York, I'm doing, I, you know, I do the tonight show or sure. something and, and that's always a great time. I yeah. mean, I got, you know, but, um, but just to me, some of the smaller cities, like I drove around Montana and around Colorado, I rented a car and had a gigs in a bunch of different cities. And I love those places. You're just driving through the mountains. Yeah. And I would go to towns that maybe don't have a lot of comedy. So people are so excited. Right. Sure. And then you're, you know, you're eating food. I mean, Montana, there's beef all over the place. <laughs> and, uh, and I like cigars. So anywhere, you know, like, so places like Oklahoma, you yeah. know, they'll have a bunch of cigar bars and Arizona has them. Phoenix is really fun. You know who's got a great cigar bar? It, since you like uh, Atlanta, I don't know the name of it, but there's a um, a 24 hour diner called the Metro Cafe, right? Kind of down by um, where like Hooters and the Hard Rock Cafe is, and like that oh, yeah. section of um, on Peachtree Street. And yeah. right down the street, if you go towards this big neon sign that says the Metro Cafe, it's a huge like karaoke diner. It's a wild place. Directly across the street, there's like an old time phone booth, right? And okay. you go into that phone booth and that's the entrance into this unnamed basement cigar bar in Atlanta. Wow. It is the coolest place. It's like, and it's like the a killer scene. It's so much fun. And it's just people like smoking cigars and music is great. And you just never expect it through a phone booth. It's like so out of like Soho, New York City or Tribeca. Oh, yeah. yeah. I got to find that yeah. because I've been to that hard rock cafe and that Hooters. It's right down the street, literally right down the, right down that little hill from Hooters. You know, I went to, go ahead. I've been to a couple in Brooklyn one time I went and this was, I don't know. I assume it was Brooklyn. I was hanging out with a friend and I was like, let's go find some cigars. And we wouldn't found this spot. And it seemed like these two, uh, young Italian guys work in the front and I had looked it up and it said they had a lounge right. and it seemed, uh, I don't know, they were friendly, but then I was like, Hey, do you have a lounge here? And it's like the guy really perked up. He got so excited and he ran back in the back. He cleaned it up real fast. And then, and it just seemed like it was their break room, yeah. but he seemed so excited that people wanted to hang out in there. I was like, this is great. That's yeah. my kind of spot. I love a spot where you just got some old men hanging out in there, usually playing poker. I mean, I think cigars spots are great. I've been to some fun ones in LA and New York a couple of times in the uh, financial district. I went yeah. down to like a basement cigar bar. Yeah, that's I love it. Yeah, that's, uh, that was probably Wall, Wall Street Humidor. I know that place. I used to own yeah. cigar stores. Like I had a whole oh, bunch okay. of cigar lounges. And the, we, the most fun one we had was in Providence, Rhode Island where it was a small little store, total shithole. But when you opened up our side doors, it opened up next to, it was in an alley between us and this building next to us. And when they opened up their side door, it basically made a tunnel, right? And yeah. the, the, the place next to us on the other side was a bar, 
right? Like a little pub. So people would go into the bar and then we'd open up our side doors at night and people would just come into our little shitty cigar that had like, you know, Salvation Army couches in it and hang out and just smoke cigars and like continue to party from one place to the other. But they were totally unrelated. And it was like a hang to like two, three o'clock in the morning. And it was like just the best time. And you'd have like judges from the city of Providence and lawyers and then, you know, local Providence, you know, like Italian mobsters <laughs> all hanging out oh, in the yeah. same place. You know, I got a question though. See, what's the sit time like when you're smoking a cigar, like, like how many cigars do you have? Like when you're at a lounge, I mean, if you're having a good time, you're, you're kicking back and, well, usually I'm just a one cigar guy. If I go, I sit down, I have one cigar. But if I'm hanging out with some people and it's a lot of fun, once that first cigar has gone, it's like, I don't want to just sit here in the cigar. So it's either like I do another or yeah. we leave. What do you it like? Does. What do you like to smoke? What are your, what's some of your favorite? I always, there's a brand called My Father Cigar yeah, my and father. that's what I like. I mean, yeah. I like the, there's a, uh, I, I never get the name right, but it's like Florida Lost Antilles, something like right. that. Yeah, and it's- it's so good. And I, I have, um, yeah, I mean, that's what I like. I mean, if, if they don't have that, then I just try to find something. I have smoked cigars too long to know right. as little as I do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'll give you some good brands. I'll, I'll email you some good, some good ones to try. Okay. My father, that's a great brand. Padron in a similar family. Yeah. Uh, I've had a few Padrones. Yeah. Tatuaje. Have you seen that? It's, I don't think so. It's like very thin labels and you can barely make out the writing, but they're very, very good. Similar to my father, like that they're all in the same like taste profile. Okay. Uh, I could email you some stuff, but you, I could yeah. talk cigars all day as John could talk food. Sorry. Well, I <laughs> now, can talk both. I, I, mean, I, I love them both. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, listen, so you're, so you're smoking cigars. Is that your, and, and, and I hate to bring it up, but is, this your, is that your vice now? The cigars? Yeah. I mean, I like, you know, as I like to say, I like to do a little CBD and uh, I don't know why that's fun to me to say that everybody knows what I'm talking about, but I think that's fun. But no, I, cigars are a good, since I don't drink, it's a good way to, after a show, go hang with people and you still feel like you're doing a thing, but you know, it's like, I don't know. And I, I like them after shows. I mean, I get into it too much. I can't do a cigar before a show because sure. it drains all my energy. Right. But I not even I'm not even that physical of a comic, but it takes all my energy. But after a show, I love to go. A lot of cigar shops aren't open late, so I go sit outside the hotel on a on a patio chair and just kick back and have a cigar, and it just feels good. Yeah, it's the best way to wind down uh, anything. Any, yeah, any type of event, night, day, morning, afternoon, lunch. <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I love it. I mean, I've, I've been to so many and there's, you know, there's uh, all kind, always something going on in a cigar shop. And it's actually the most weird when there's no one else in there. I'm yeah. like, well, what's yeah. going on here? Is right. there fans that like drop off cigars and like, you know, hang out or, I mean, usually maybe it's CBD, they, they hand off to you, but yeah. anybody like? Well, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't get it a ton, but I do get, uh, yeah, people, like I say, somebody just sent me this hat. So I'll yeah. get, I'll get hats and cigars and um and uh yeah any CBD weird, once any in a while. weird stuff that they've sent to you uh nothing weird i think someone sent me like some kind of book that they made one time and uh and i'm fan not much of a, on you? what's that <laughs> was it fan fiction on you oh no i would actually that would be fun i think but uh i i looked at it i don't know i'm not i'm not a huge reader so uh i'm i look through <laughs> it and 
And uh, I'm like, well, that's fine. But no, thank, thankfully, I've not gotten anything too weird. I mean, uh, I guess I'm not famous enough for the the real weirdos to come out yet. But uh, uh, I don't know. We've got uh, one right now. Bring him out, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been awesome. Yeah, awesome. So listen, before before we wrap, and I know you have a, obviously a busy night doing the show tonight at the Opry. Um, let, I mean, obviously, let's talk about your podcast. We're having a good time. I mean, then anyone that you know knows you or follows your Instagram obviously knows about the podcast and the name is the most fitting thing possible. I think for a show that you do, because clearly, you know, you like to have a good time, right? Yeah. So what, um, you know, what can we expect? You know, obviously, you know, you're continuing to tour. Like, are you getting out like East at all? Like what's, what's happening the next few months with you? Yeah. I mean, I go all over the place. I mean, my podcast, yeah. I mean, I'm just talking about doing comedy and I just, you know, I try to spread like some positivity. I feel like it's, sure. uh, I mean, it's easy to get negative right now. I mean, I just had a, a surgery. I had a ruptured appendix, which is usually a pretty easy surgery, but some, I don't know, there was some complications. Everything's fine now. I feel great, but it's like, even in those times, I mean, it's like, it's hard to always be like, all right, we're having a good time. Right. So now that I'm out of that, I, I actually am thankful that that happened because uh, so many people go to the hospital and I had no idea what that was like. And right. now I do know what that's like. And now I have a better perspective when people tell me they went to the hospital. Sure. Now I'm like, oh yeah, that sucks. I know what that's like. <laughs> But, you know, my wife's having a baby anytime now. We're due to have our first kid. Yep. Thank you. Congratulations. Anytime. Due May 7th, but it could come at any time. And uh, so I'm taking May off uh, for the most part. I got a few local shows. But after that, I mean, it's nonstop. I mean, my schedule is not up to date, but I plan on getting it up to date this month. Right. But I mean, I'm at least the next three or four months, I'm working every weekend from June, July, August, September, and I'm going anywhere and everywhere I can go. I mean, I somebody does not want to wake up late at night and do diapers. I get it. I right, get it. Right. Get it. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I don't know. I mean, as far east as I can think, maybe right now I got Cleveland, Ohio. Right. Um, and that's uh, not. But I mean, you know, I did East Providence uh, right. sure. in late 2020, um, which was great. I'd never been to Rhode Island. And uh, I say that because you mentioned it. But um you know, I'm hoping to, you know, I've had a couple of things. I sold a development deal to ABC for a show that didn't get made. I was working on a cartoon that I don't know if it's going to get made, but I am pitching some other stuff. People are always interested in things. They may not yeah. be buying it, but they're always interested. That's so, uh, hey, yeah. Interest starts someplace. So before, before we wrap, we have a buddy in common, um, uh, Mickey, who does a lot of your poster show work. Oh, yeah. He does all of my posters and our show art um and he's working on something cool for this so hopefully okay awesome he didn't already tell you you'll see something in the next couple of days hopefully for when we put this out in a week or i so. love that he didn't tell me but yeah he came he came to a show that i did in chattanooga and we met and uh yeah chattanooga also a fun city that i like yeah. to go to by the way i mean there's so many cities that i like going to that when people ask me that i don't even know what to say but yeah mickey's great i mean he's yeah. done a lot of He's done posters for me that like people are like, print this. I want to buy this at the show. And yeah. are you not, you're not, you got to do that, man. We've done a few that yeah. we promote shows also in Connecticut on behalf of Stand Up New York. And you know, we've printed a bunch and, and given them and people like freak out at his posters, like freak out. Like everybody from the, the comedians we've done them for to the audience, like the reaction you get from your fans when they see them. Like I saw the one he did for you where you look like uh, Jimmy Hart, right? 
like the oh rest yeah of oh man that was the best i mean people the- really th- uh i think they really thought that that was me like i dressed up and yeah for sure it's so good yeah it's, uh, he's a he he is yeah. tremendous. like i've referred a million a ton of people to him because his work is so solid yeah and that yeah the mouth of the i mean that's what i i mean if if comedy if somehow i mean i'd love to be like a wrestling manager I yeah. mean, those guys, that's really a lost art. That used to be so fun when you would oh, see I mean, They're, listen, the indie scene, it's still alive and well. I mean, yeah. as a wrestling yeah. guy, I mean, you'll see it. And and sometimes, like, I, we have a bartender named Greg at the, and he's like, he's like you got to bring back the old stuff. Like, you know, that stuff where it was mildly racist. I was like, these are traded company. You can't do that anymore but there are some that like i'll go to i, I live in a very uh it's, a, it's the sticks of new jersey primarily but uh, there's some stuff out there that i've seen these like backyard matches and oh yeah oh boy some of the some of the characters that they have <laughs> oh but yeah Dusty, I mean, dude, thanks so much man yeah, there's definitely some stuff you, you you could never bring back, but uh, you know. But uh, I I I what I miss about wrestling is all the nicknames. You know, when people used to be Razor Ramon and yep. Diesel and Undertaker, and now they're like, you know, they have real names. I'm yeah, like, let's bring real. the characters back. You know, <laughs> it's so true. Like in the, the name is not not that exciting anymore. You know? yeah. All right, we're not destroying my product. Yeah. I watched yeah. it last well, night. I just watched. Product. I just watched the latest WrestleMania. You know, I had a good time. My buddy comes over and we watch it and we'll throw on back when they had the WWE network, we'd throw on a classic match and watch sure. some of that old stuff. It's a good I time. Mean, that whole, like, I mean, that was a big purchase. Like, could you imagine the shit that we used to watch on Saturday mornings is now, you know, estimated worth value in the billions of dollars that, you know, wow. You know, is picking it up. I mean, one of my favorites, and I'm sorry to get off time. Do you remember when, Jake the Snake had a cobra bite Randy Savage like that. Like you can never see that ever again. I I want to find that. I don't know that I remember that, but I want to find that. that <laughs> yes, please do. Not even that long ago, Stone Cold drove like a truck through the set, like <laughs> yeah. backstage. Like, and that's not that's like like ten, twelve years ago. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm a I'm a wrestling fan too, so. I love it. And I've also, been, you know what? You mentioned New Jersey. I did the um, the Stress Factory. Yeah, Vinny. Love that. Vinny, Vinny Brand, I, I, I love doing that. Vinny Brand is so great. He, he'll he talk so, and he can't hear. And he'll, <laughs> yeah, he'll say so much. And then I make a joke with him and he doesn't hear it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I tell everyone, I mean, Vinny's awesome. His, he has a place out here in Connecticut too. Yeah, so, I did that too. Um uh, 2019, I did that. Yeah, Bridgeport. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a beautiful room. He he really took a, a real old piece of shit building and made it phenomenal. Yeah, I can't wait to get you back, Dusty, on the East Coast. Whether it's yeah, thank you. Stand up New York, um, you know, or with our or with Unhinged up in Connecticut, we'd love to get you back here, man. So best of luck and congratulations, yeah, thank you. baby, coming up. Thank you. Thanks for having Good me here. Good luck with the with everything, Dusty. And we're glad you're feeling better too, man. Yeah, sure, I appreciate it. Good help. Yeah, great to see you guys. I appreciate it. Good luck it. with the baby. Good luck with the show tonight. All right, thank you.